0: Welcome to CityReach Cumberland's weekly podcast. We hope this message blesses you. For more information about us, you can check us out on the web at cityreachcumberland.com. Lately, I've noticed a growing, I don't know what word to put there, trend that I feel that, you know, coming into a new year, something that, I, you know, we always think of new beginnings, fresh things. And I see in our church, I think a lot of times we're we're in one of a handful of phases. We're either seeking freedom from something. Something's got us bound up. Something's antagonizing our soul. Something's controlling our freedom. Or we've we've received that freedom and a breakthrough. And either A, we've returned back to slavery or we're trying to move forward going I don't know what to do next I'm kind of like man I got this freedom now what so I want to I want to kind of address those three things today and what better story in the Bible to talk about freedom and moving forward than the Israelites first getting set free from the Egyptians and So I've titled the message today, Moving Forward in Freedom, and we're going to kind of reference two distinct points of the Bible. Man, my throat is really dry. Um, And so I've, I've just, like I said, in this life, there should be a moment really for everybody where you experience the true move of God. like. God really moved in your life to set you free, to deliver you, save you, whatever you want to call it. And I think too often we just kind of, it happens. And all of a sudden, two weeks later, a month later, sometimes a year later, people kind of go, I don't, even, I don't even know if I really got it. Did I really get set free? Did I really get saved? I think we walk around kind of in doubt because all of a sudden our circumstances make us go, uh, looks like I'm back to square one. Um, and so the first verse I think I want to talk about today, is a slide ready? That's not it. That's it. So you can go forward, next slide. Now remember when the Israelites, without reading the whole story, you know, the Israelites have just gotten set free. Pharaoh said, go, take your people, go, get out of here. And they come out. And Moses, this is like the first thing that just kind of hits me in that story. He says to the people, remember this day in which you came out out from Egypt, out of the house of slavery, for by a strong hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. They were slaves for as long as they could, for generation after generation, 400 years. That's all they knew. That's all this group of people knew was slavery. Someone telling them what to do every day, when to do it, how to do it no reason why this is just who we are. We're slaves. And sure, it might have been a concept for some people. Man, what would it be like to get out of here? What would it be like to get free from here? But some people might even not have been a reality. Like, it's not even possible. And I think that's where we find ourselves a lot of times. People, We we grow up in something, and we think, this is just who I am. This is where I'm at. This is always going to hold me. But, But there's that part of you that says, man, what if I could get set free from this? Is there really a possibility that I could be free of bondage, free of whatever it is that I feel is controlling my life? And I think it's important that Moses, like, pounds this right here. Remember this day. And I'm, I, I want to start out with just a first initial challenge for people in here today. If you haven't done it before, write down the day that God changed your life. Just put the date down somewhere that you're going to see it and say, God set me free this day. And if you're sitting there saying, I don't think that's happened yet, then leave it blank. And then we can put today's date that God did. Because there's a day for everybody that I feel God is saying, there's a day that you can be set free from that thing. And for each person here, there's a different thing. Maybe there's multiple things. But there's something either God has delivered you from or he's going to deliver you from. And I just think it's so important to, to tell yourself, just like Moses told the people, remember the day that I came out of slavery. And we're going to talk about slavery. What am I a slave to? And we're going to talk a lot of it in Romans 6. Now, you can move. You can do the next slide. It, I... I I, I kind of want to sidetrack just for a moment. If you're if you're somebody that just kind of is a casual Bible reader, maybe you've never really gotten into a study, or maybe you know you like oh, I read a little bit, but and you kind of find yourself going, I really want to dig into the Bible. I really want to learn some stuff. Obviously, I, I always say we start with the Gospels because you need to learn about Jesus, who he was, what he did, you know. But I, I would encourage you very early to go to Romans. This is just a, a from Jay. Get a study Bible or a book specifically designed towards Romans and dig in and read uh, maybe a different translation or two until you really get it. Because there's some parts in Romans that are kind of like, yeah, I, and I admit, I, you have to read it two or three times. Like, man, what's it really saying there? That's why I say get a study Bible. Get a, maybe a book that somebody wrote, like breaking Romans down. And I'm telling you, study Romans. Take, take a month or two and really read through Romans. I'm telling you, there's so much that will just change your life in the book of Romans. Okay, that's my Romans pitch. No, no money. No, you know, I am getting anything out of that. But I like Don. You, we need T-shirts with all your sayings. Can, why don't you do this? Why don't you make a line of T-shirts with Donisms? I'll wear one. I'm telling you. So we. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna not read through the whole book. Uh, chapter six. Um, but chapter six is really just phenomenal, talking about being a slave to sin and getting set free. So we're gonna we're gonna dig into some of Romans six, starting in verse three. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him, or therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Okay, so it starts out in this book talking about, you know, Jesus's death, what it meant, the death, burial, resurrection. So when you consider yourself dead, you know, Christ died, I died as well. Now, unfortunately, in life, we don't have a choice. Eli, come here for a second. Unfortunately, in life, the Bible tells us we all fall short. We're all sinners. And what happens is, the enemy doesn't, He doesn't. he's not a respecter of persons. He's not going to wait until you're 25, 30 and say, okay, now I'm going to try to go after him. He wants to go after them when they're young. Okay? So Eli, we're cuffing you up. We think I'd be better at just working in a prison. Okay. At some point in a young person's life, the enemy's trying to come after them with something. And, and almost, guaranteed every time it's not their fault. They either see it from family, friends, in this day and age, social media, social media, social media, social media, social media, and social media. And all of a sudden, young people find themselves in bondage by something. Now, when we think of bondage, we obviously think like this complete domination, you know. But think about it. Slavery just means you're a slave to something, which means it's what? It controls your thoughts, your actions, your motives, your emotions, your desires. And that's where young people get. And all of a sudden, they don't even realize that they're walking around enslaved to something. Enslaved. Enslaved. Mind-controlled. Heart-controlled. And again, it's not our fault most of the time. We're told bad advice when we're little. Follow your heart, man. A lot of times, that's going to take you down a bad, bad road. Just do whatever makes you happy, man. Whatever makes you feel good. You listen to that advice, and what happens? That's why when when you when you see who your kids are hanging out with, the friends, you're kind of like you don't know. And it's and it's 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 a shame because it's a world where we just at some point you have to trust that your kids are going to make good decisions. You can't. You can't enslave them their whole life. David, are these slip offs? <laughs> huh? Do you have a key? <laughs> oh, crap. They hurt? No. Do you think you can wear them the rest of the service? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll set you free. Let's see. No, it's the right key. I wouldn't do this to Eli if I didn't love you. You know that, right? Okay. <laughs> Give it up for Eli. You're right, David. Don't let me ruin my... All right, next slide. Jumping into verse 8 through 11. Now, if we had died with Christ, we believe that we were also live with Him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death He died, He died to sin once for all, but the life He lives, He lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. Now, when that moment comes, it's not a moment that you feel and you're natural for most people. Some people, you have that moment. But when you say, God set me free, and you come and you pray, and you say, God set me free, God save me, I trust in you, you are Lord of my life, those cuffs come off of your life. And the problem, I think, is some people are expecting this moment to, to, to feel something, to feel. It's got to be a faith walk for a lot of people. It just has to be a faith thing, that when I come up here and say, Lord, I'm tired of this. I want these cuffs off of my life. And he does it. He doesn't say, Well, come back next week. That has to be a moment in your life where you in your spirit, in your deep down in your soul and spirit, say, I believe those cuffs just came off of me. And it's cause to celebrate. It's cause to get excited. It's cause to go and tell people. It's cause to go and tell your family and loved ones God set me free. And that's why I'm telling you, it's important to write that down, to remember it, to say, God, I remember what you did this day, and I believe you, and I'm going to walk in this thing. The cuffs are off. I am free. I'm no longer a slave to sin. Next slide. Jump ahead to verse... sixteen. Don't you realize that you became the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can't be a slave or you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. I'm going to stop right there for a second. We're going to get into this a little bit, but that moment you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes upon you, dwells in you. And now you have a compass to make the righteous decisions. Because too often, like I said, at young age, you all of a sudden are, you're stuck in something. You don't, you don't even, you're not cognizantly thinking about it. You're just controlled by that thing. It controls you. It controls your thoughts, your desires, your actions and what this is saying is once that moment you come you come to the god and say I want to set free you're free now the sudden you're free to make righteous decisions you're free to make good decisions doesn't mean you're still not going to be tempted doesn't doesn't mean that thing just all of a sudden magically disappears it still might be a temptation but the reality is now you have the freedom to say I choose righteous living my chains are gone you're lucky Eli I was going to bring a whole thing of chains in but I, Verse nineteen. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led to even deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living, so that you will become holy. So again, we can see it in the spirit realm. Sometimes it's it's tough, but we need to step outside the. Scope of reality and step into with our spiritual eyes. Just, just think of the moment when you're when you're coming up to an altar or coming up for prayer, and spiritually you're bound. You don't see it in the person walking up here. You don't see the handcuffs, the chains, but in the spirit, bound. And come up and and, and pray, and you say, Lord, come into my life. Pshh, chains broken not like one little link at a time. This is a now moment, a now set free moment that we all have experienced or will experience. Next slide. This is is good. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Now what that's saying is, like you say, as a, as a young person, you don't know any better. You really don't grasp it. You're not, you're not, you're not, you don't know that, you know, well, I can choose righteous living. All you know is that thing because of what it makes you feel. You know, and it's amazing how we're all different. Some, some young people go after, uh, you know, drugs. Drugs is their thing. Some people are like, I don't, I don't that doesn't even tempt me. I'm, I'm into this. I'm into pornography. And that's what draws them in. Like, we're all subject to different tools of the enemy. And he's going to seek you, seek you out, find out what, you know, what works, what, what tickles your fancy, what pushes your buttons. But when you were slaves of that, you didn't have the option to choose righteous living. It wasn't even a, it's not a thing. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. When we look back on our life, does anybody, does anybody look back and think, "I'm so glad I was, I was enslaved to that thing. Man, I was so happy back then, being controlled by that thing." We're not. No one is. And You never hear people say they regret getting set free. Ah, man, I, mean, I wish I wouldn't. Have. I wish I wouldn't have asked God in my life to get set free from that thing. No one says that. This uh, right here. Now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Uh, I need a couple. Might as well stick with the dolls. Ray, Crystal, do you have a coat? One of you guys have a coat? No, like a coat. Any couples where someone has a coat? No, a couple. I need a couple. Fred and Kristen, I got, I got, I got to get to the old. St- I keep trying, like ah, I'm not going to avoid. I'm going to avoid the Tim Brooks, but uh. Okay. Okay, Kristen, put your coat on. No, you're not. You're not wearing a coat. You're not wearing a coat. Okay. Now, if Kristen, in her own natural mind and her own desire, says, "I want to be free of this coat. I want this thing off me. Take your coat off." She did it. Free of the coat. Now put the coat back. Now she wants to be free of this thing, and Fred says, Hey, I see this thing that's, that's burdening you. I'm going to take it off you. Fred, take her coat off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, just take the coat off. Okay. You don't have to put it on, but. <laughs> Although that would help the illustration where I'm going. Okay. Subtle difference, right? That word in the Greek have been set free. Go to the next slide. theru. It's to make free, to exempt from liability. In this passage, that's in the passive voice in Greek. The active voice is when you decide to do something for yourself, or you take it on and do it yourself. So in that first Illustration, Krista decided, I want to be free of this thing, I'm taking this coat off. But in the passive voice in that voice it says, you have been set free. It means someone else took that thing off for you. Go back a slide. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. You can't do that. You can't make yourself, you can't take that thing off you. Someone else has to do it passively. And guess who it was? It was Jesus. When he went to the cross and died, that's what he did. He set you free. Next slide. Get back to that. Yeah, I can't say it again. Passive means you're being acted upon. So when that bondage is on you, and that thing's got you bound up, you can't, you can't take it off in your own strength, you can't physically say, I'm, I'm bust now these chains. The only way you could do it is say, Lord, you did it for me. I receive it. That's what he did. He has set you free. Thank you, God. Appreciate. It. Are we getting that? Without Jesus doing what he did, you can't break free of that thing. You don't have it in you, in your natural strength. The only way to get that is to say, "Lord, break these chains off me. I receive your sacrifice. I receive what you did. Your death and your resurrection, set me free." If if Romans 6:22 that last verse was active, we would be trying to set ourselves free. But it's passive, meaning Jesus did it for us. John 8:36 refers to that. If the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. And I just I just came into that rather than that last night and I just was like, "Wow, that is so awesome, like to think that those chains on you, God did it for you. man He hates those chains on you as much as you do. more. He hates those things. He wants your freedom for you more than you do. Next slide. Deuteronomy 5.15, it's, it's kind of it's similar to uh, earlier what we read about Moses, but he's right in the middle of talking about the Ten Commandments. And he says, You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So therefore, part, what this is saying is when we think of the Sabbath, And honoring the Sabbath, we think of a day we just put our feet up on the couch. Ah, I'm not doing any work today. But unfortunately, a lot of people, even if you did that, I bet you still sit around stressed out, worried, thinking about this, 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 what, blah, blah, blah. What this is saying is on that Sabbath day is remember, take some time that day and say, I remember what God did for me again. God set me free. And look at that date again and remind yourself and say, man, on August twenty-second, two 2007, God set me free. God took the chains off my life. And just meditate and just rest in that thought. Don't get stressed out. It's, also, it's a Sabbath for your body, but it's also a Sabbath for your mind, your spirit, and soul. We're so programmed sometimes, just like the Egyptians, or I mean the um, Israelites with the Egyptians, they were programmed just every day wake up. Yeah, I'm going to get whipped today and told what to do. I don't know when I'm going to get to eat. I don't know what, when I'm going to get to rest. And I feel like there's so many people that are caught in the same trap. They're so used to the same thing that just controls them. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to go into this thing that's got me. I'm going to go through this thing, and I hate myself for it. I hate doing this thing, but I keep doing it. I have the same desires, same thing. And it's just this crazy, nonstop, vicious cycle of evil. And I think we need to really have a a real revelation that there's freedom available to you. I don't care what your past says. I don't care what your family has told you and how they've raised you and what they've done or your friends and how they've manipulated you and how this has failed you and this has let you down. There's freedom out there. There's freedom, true freedom to live righteously. So step one. Step one from when you're you're post-freedom. Take a Sabbath. Now, I'm not telling you this to do it religiously, like, you know, uh, every Sunday, I'm going to, you know, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying once a week, what, every couple days, if you have to, once a month, whatever. It could be different for everybody. Just sit down in quiet time, you and God, and say, meditate on that thought that God has set me free. God, you broke the chains off my life. I am free. Because some, I'm telling you, sometimes we get so worked up in the world, so tied into everything, we forget. And if you don't take time to recharge the battery and step back and say, I don't have to, I don't have to live like this. God, you set me free. Get in your prayer closet, get quiet time, and reflect and say, God, I'm taking a, I'm taking a Sabbath here. I'm taking a couple hours to just rest my mind, body, spirit, soul, because I know and I receive what you did for me. And I believe it. That's why I said write that date down because that date will take you back. That date will remind you to say, I know what God did. Next slide. All right, so we're going to go back to Exodus. So Moses just told them, hey, remember this day. So a little bit later, he says, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread on the seventh day, there shall be a feast to the Lord. We're going to celebrate. We're going to have a feast in honor of what God has done. And verse 8 says, you shall tell your son on that day, it, you know, like, why are we doing this? Why are we having this feast? Dad, why are we having this feast? It's because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. And it shall be to you as a sign on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth for with a strong hand the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this statute as its appointed time from year to year. Now, what I want to gather out of that is again, we do communion once in a while. But what I'm telling you to do is not only communion, but have yourself on top of the Sabbath, have a little feast. This could be with family, this could be by yourself, with friends, and just say, I want to have a feast in honor of God. Now, feast doesn't mean you have to make some big, elaborate, seven-course meal. Just make a nice meal and have a nice prayer unto God that says, God, I want to remember what you've done. And if your family says, you know, again, like, here, why why are we having this feast? It's like a Wednesday night. Why are we doing this? You know what we're going to do? We're going to honor God for what he's done in our lives. You know, too often we, we... You know, most people I'm sure in here pray before your meal, but a lot of times it's just a what? Simple little Lord bless the food. Thank you. I'm telling you to make it more than that. And what it says here about a sign on your hand, a memorial between your eyes, what he's telling them is don't forget what God's done. Don't forget it. Put it on your hand. Mark it right here. Somewhere where you won't forget. Remind yourself if you need to. Remind yourself what God has done. This is so important. Just like if you're trying to take a test, you're trying to take some kind of exam or study for a job job interview or something, do you sit down and read it one time and go, okay, I'm good? You read it over and over and over and over. You study. You meditate on it. And I think this needs to be the same way. You don't just come to an altar and say, okay, I pray for freedom. And get it and walk away and, and okay, I, I, I never have to worry about it the rest of my life. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, you have to remind yourself and tell yourself, hey, man, God, tell people. Share your story. Even with people that kind of, I don't want to hear that. Plant a seed in somebody. Someone else needs to know that there's freedom available. Someone else needs to know that there's hope. And they might not receive it in that very moment but they're going to remember it at some point. I guarantee you that. You tell someone God set you free, and you mean it, and they can see it, at some point going forward, they're going to be like, man, I remember when Bob told me about getting that free. I remember when Daisy told me, man, 30... I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to try this God thing. That's the way a lot of people it is it was for me all right i'll give us god thing a shot. next slide so step two of your post-freedom walk have a feast take a meal like i said you can do it by yourself do it with your family friends and really really sit down and say why you're doing it not just lord bless this food to my body thank you amen but really sit down and say listen we're gonna talk about just how thankful we are that God has set us free that God has broke chains off our life that God has given us righteous living to so take a Sabbath have a feast all right now we're gonna get into the little bit of the danger zone next slide now The same enemy that put these on you, when they get broken off of you, you think the enemy goes, oh well. chucks." Nope. He picks them up, sucks them away, says, time to replant, time to reorganize. Hmm, I messed up. Let them out of my grasp. Got to get them back. That's a reality. Now, some people have unbelievable, miraculous breakthroughs and walk on. Some people, they feel like the next day the enemy's right back at their doorstep going, haha, uh-huh. thought, you, thought you forgot about me, didn't you? So Pharaoh lets them go. In verse 17, Pharaoh finally let the people go. God did not, or or, I'm sorry, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. So God told them, you know, hey, when you guys leave here, I'm taking you to a promised land. I'm taking you guys to a place filled with milk and honey and make your own nation. You're going to be a people. But instead of going from A to B, he takes them this way. God said if the people were faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Hmm. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. If the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Which means they're returning to what? Slavery. When you've been chained up for a long period of time, you've been in bondage, you've been controlled by something for a long period of time, your will, a lot of times, broken. Your will to fight is broken. Your will to even survive is broken. And all of a sudden, you get set free, and God said, man, if I send them to the Philistines, the Philistines are going to want to fight them. They might even join up with the Egyptians. These people, they, they don't want to fight. They've been they're battered, beaten. That's the way I think we are too. We're so used to that thing controlling us that we're so beaten down and so defeated that even freedom doesn't feel free. Even freedom is like, just want to go lay somewhere. So what God did As he took them through the wilderness. And for a lot of you, when you get set free, God's going to take you through the wilderness, which means he's going to try to avoid things that have caused you to be in bondage. He doesn't want you to go back towards something that's going to make you battle. He wants to take you through. But the wilderness is what? Lonely place. Isolated place. And see, a lot of times I think people kind of they they don't see that. Why why is all this? Why am I feeling like this, Lord? Why why are my friends no longer wanting? To, why are my family? Because God's trying to get those things out of your life. God's trying to pull you away from the things that He knows are going to defeat you, put you right back into slavery. You don't want to fight when you're set free. And and the, the saddest thing is, mentally we think I'd rather be back in slavery than fight, because I don't have the strength or the will to fight battle because getting set free and now walking right is not easy it's not easy it's a challenge and a lot of times it, just think about that's that's how messed up our minds and our spirits get is ah, i'd rather really just get back to slavery Whew. i'd rather just, it's easy at least at least i was getting fed a meal here and there Yeah, something you didn't even want at least i had somewhere to lay my head down at night yeah a bed that was this big and in the prison I hear this. you hear stories of guys that they get out they've been they've been locked up for years therefore all they know is what time they need to be up what time they're getting fed what time lights are out friends and repeat and all of a sudden freedom you're out parole hearing you're out and they don't they they don't know how to survive they're used to that control even though it's 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 slavery even though it's locked up no freedom they see that as as better than having to go out and survive on their own and they'll they will they'll come right back in on on choice by choice That's how messed up this bondage can get to us. How much control just feels like safe, it's safe. And we're never supposed to feel like that. Never should you say it's better to go back to Egypt. Never is it okay to say, I just want to go back Next slide. The Lord went ahead of them, he guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and provided the light at night pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night, and the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. The illustration here is God pulled them out and said, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to lead you. Follow the fire. Follow the cloud. Follow the fire. Follow the cloud. Just keep come on." They didn't know where they were going. They had no clue where they were going. I mean, they were told eventually, like, you know, hey, you're going to this promised land. But they, they didn't know where that was or how to get there. Right? Okay, God, here we go. Okay, this way. Oh, This way. All right, this way. So again for us modern day you get set free now what I've got set free from this thing now I'm not I'm no longer hanging around them people I'm no longer trapped by this thing that's dictating my life I'm no longer doing this thing now what God the beauty thing is the next slide is we now have the Holy Spirit to say I got you I'll guide you I'll show you where to go I'll show you where to go Next step is, you get this word in you, and and just set and rest that the Holy Spirit's in you, you now have your compass. You now have your pillar of cloud, your pillar of fire. It may not be the same, like I said, as what they saw. You're not going to, I shouldn't say you're not, because you never know what God might do. But Good chance you're not going to walk out of your house and go, that's a pillar of fire right there. And it starts, you know, you start following around or, I I mean, hey. But what you do have is the Holy Spirit living in you. And you have this word that's a lamp under your feet and a light for your path. That will take you on every step of the journey. And you might be so radically set free that you're like, I don't know where you, Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I I don't even know what's next, but I'm willing to go. Holy Spirit says, oh yeah, all right. And I just put a handful of scriptures down here just to kind of emphasize you know, we're, how we're being led. I come out of freedom, now what, God? John 14, 26, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He'll teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I've said to you. He'll teach you. I don't care what your education level is. If you went to college, if you graduated high school, none of that matters. Holy Spirit will teach you what you need to know. He'll guide you. And bring you to remembrance of all that have said to you. He'll remind you of things. You get start getting down and out. Man, I feel defeated. Holy Spirit will say, remember what God's done? Remember what the Lord's done? You're free now. He'll remind you. He'll tell you, hey, shh, shh, listen, there's nothing good back there. Don't get back to Egypt. He's like the, the I think just anybody here been through some maybe vigorous physical therapy like rehab? Been through an injury? Okay. So you're you're injured, you get a doctor and the doctor says, Hey, you're gonna your physical therapy. Okay, it's gonna it's gonna take some time. And what to tell you, it's gonna hurt. There's gonna be some pain involved. I'm gonna push you and push you, and at times it's gonna suck so bad you're gonna be like, I can't, I don't want to do this thing. You go in, you start rehabbing, and you're like, Oh my gosh, this hurt! I can't do it. Doctor says, "Yeah, you can, you can, A couple more reps, come on. Couple more, couple more reps, come on." Holy Spirit's like your physical therapist, pushing you. Come on, one more prayer, come on. One more fast, come on, you can do it. I can't do it. I can't. Just, it hurts too bad. I can't. I can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I just rather go back to Egypt. No, 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 no. You don't want to go back to Egypt. Come on, one more prayer. Read one more verse. Read one more chapter. Come on. The Holy Spirit is your physical therapist, pulling you, pushing you, and sometimes it's going to hurt. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable, but He tells you at the end it's going to be what? It's going to be worth. You're going to be healed. Your physical therapist tells you, you know, your shoulder, your heel on your shoulders, it's going to be good as new. You just need to work with me for six months. Your knee, it's going to take six, eight months, but if you listen to me and push yourself a little bit, it's going to be good. The Holy Spirit, I, I can almost guarantee it, everybody in this room at some point has said to you, I know you don't want to get through this thing. Right, it's going to hurt. It's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. But I promise you, if you stick with it, it's going to be worth it. It will be worth it. Next slide. This is the culmination of it. Exodus 14:2 Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pehaharato, between Migdol and the sea, in front of Baal Siphon. You shall encamp facing it by the sea. Facing it. Now when you're facing a sea in front of you, there's some there's some thoughts in there, I think. There's some curious thoughts. Like unless you got a boat, you can't go any further. You could wade in, but you're really not going. This isn't like a little creek they're going across. I mean, you're not seeing the other side. I just thought it was very fascinating the Lord told him go camp there, facing that way like, hmm. and I think sometimes we get to that point like I said when you're, you're in this journey and you get to a point and you go Lord I don't, I don't know where I'm going I can't I can't go any further I can't go forward I'm kind of I feel like I'm stuck I feel like I just I'm at a dead end where are you God where like, why, why am I here why do I feel like I'm just at a, at a dead end? Why do I feel like I felt like I was doing good? and plateau. Next slide. And all of a sudden you're stuck there and here comes the enemy. When the king of Egypt was told that the people were gone, he and his servants changed their minds. They said, what have we done letting Israel, our slave labor, go free? So he had his chariots harnessed up and got his army together. He took 600 of his best chariots with the rest of his Egyptian chariots and their drivers coming along. You know, when you're, when you're a slave to the enemy, like, you know, a lot of times we talk about serving God and, and doing things God wants us to do, but you realize the enemy has that purpose and plan too. Like when, when you're a slave to him, he's got things he wants you to do too. He wants you to like go and corrupt other people and spread lies and cheat and steal and murder. Like, he's got an agenda too. So when you're bound to him and you're you're serving him, not even unknowingly, you're you're creating havoc and wreaking destruction without even knowing it. So if if all of a sudden he's got he's got me bound up. And he's like, okay, the enemy's got, okay, we got Jay. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to have Jay go into work. We're going to have him start spreading rumors and lies. And then we'll have him badmouth somebody. And then we'll have him, uh, you know, steal it. Like, and then what? You know, he's all of a sudden just wreaking destruction. He wants to take down that person. Now he wants to wreck this person. Now he wants to tear this person down. Now, so you come and get free. Guess what? His plans now have all been crashed down. And just like the king of Egypt realized, Pharaoh realized, "Wait a minute! I just let them go. That, that's that's how we're getting all our work done. That's our free labor. What the heck? That was stupid. Let's go get them. Bring them back." And that's what the enemy has gotten to the point. He sees you set free. First thought: Get them back. Got to get them back. We got destruction to do. We got things we need to do. Get them back. And he doesn't just come. By himself he brings an army you ever feel like there's an army of the enemy kind of pounding at your door knocking on your heart knocking on your mind this means he's got big plans for you but God's plans are greater next slide And as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Why have you done this to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Wow. Wow. Once again, it's very, very expected that you're going to feel fear. You're going to feel torment, a little bit of pressure. The enemy's not giving up. He's coming back after you in some capacity. Normal. You're going to feel it. Don't. I shouldn't feel this. Perfectly normal. It's biblical. You're, you're going to feel that fear when the enemy's coming back. And it's even going to get you maybe to question, why did I even get saved? Why did I even get set free? Man, this thing, whew. I just, it's, it's, again, it's easier just to just get back and be a slave than to just try to live this thing out. That's how corrupted and twisted our minds get when we're in bondage. And here's the kicker. If they would have died right there, if Pharaoh's army would have came down and wiped out the Israelites, what would that have made God? Anybody? A liar? Because he told them, I'm taking you somewhere. I'm taking you to the promised land. So if they all would have died right there, God would have been a liar. The enemy could have went, ha, You're a God. And the same God who told them he was taking them somewhere. And they got in fear, is the same God telling you, I'm taking you somewhere. And if his word stood true with them, it's gonna stand true with you. He told them he's taking them somewhere. He's taking you he's telling you he's taking you somewhere. And if he tells you something like, no weapon formed to get you shall so prosper, it's true. If he tells you he won't give you more than you can handle, it's true. If he tells you he's going to give you peace, it's true. If he tells you not to worry and be anxious about things, it's true. He's not going to let you die in the wilderness. Next slide. And you notice just just back real quick they, they they turned almost towards Mo they they turned on Moses too. Like, man, you told man this is you like there are people that have that will do like you could see somebody get set free, you could talk to somebody about getting set free, and you could preach at them. And then two weeks later, like, why'd you do that thing, man? why you why'd you do that? They'll turn on you. Let God be God. If they turn on you, just like Moses. And what Moses told him here was awesome. Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you only have to be silent. That should make everybody in here want to just run through the building. I this, this is one of the moments, you know, if there's, if, if an angel came in your bedroom and said, I'm going to let you take three moments of the Bible. I'm going to take you back and let you watch them and, and live through them and, you know, blah, blah, this This, I think this would make my top three. Just to go back and stand on the mountain and just watch all this happen. And I'm just picturing Moses there. Fascinating just to think, He's been the leader. He didn't want to be the leader. He talked into the leader, and then he, you know, he's like, "All right, we're doing this thing." And then people are like, "You let us out here to die? We'd rather be slaves." And he's like, and I just picture in this moment. I could be wrong, but I picture this moment. Him just, just as stern and as just staring at the sea, saying, "You know what? Stop walking in peace. Just stand." Shut up. And I'm there's people in here you're standing in front of the sea. You're standing in front of the sea because you don't know where to go. And you feel like God's taking you to this point. And maybe there's part of you saying, I want to get back. I just want to get back. It's comfortable back there. Slight bondage for me is so much comfortable. That thing's so much more comfortable. It made me feel good. It tickled my Like it made me just you know like, I just want to go back. And plus, God, there's nowhere for me to go. There's a big thing of water in front of me. I can't. I'm. I just want to go back. Why'd you bring me here, God? And God's telling you. Get out of fear. Fear not. Get the fear out of your mind. Remember what I've done. I've set you free. Stand firm. Watch me work. And the, the Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. Stand on that word, somebody, today. Stand on that word, that, that enemy that's got you, that's bound you up, that's held you captive. You're never going to see him again. Receive that thing. Read that word and say, God, I want this. I receive this that that thing is not going to control me. I'm not going back to slavery. I will stand, Lord, and watch you work. I don't have to do it. You took that thing off me. I don't have to be controlled by that thing. And in the, just a the coup de gras, the Lord said to Moses, "Why you cry to me, tell the people to go forward. Go forward, uh, Lord. You're walking us into our death. We the to drown now. Lift up your staff, stretch it out, stretch your hand out over the sea, and divide it that the people of Israel may get through the sea on dry ground. My God. And that's what the Holy Spirit's telling people in here today. Go forward. I can't. There's nowhere to go. Go forward. But God, I feel, I'm scared. Stop. No, no fear. Go forward. Push. Take a step of faith. Which, any uh, Indiana Jones fans in here? Which one of it is the one where he's got to go across the the big cavern and he's like, he reads a thing about faith and there's nothing there. He steps. Because he had faith, the thing appeared. The bridge. Same thing here, God. There's people in here, you don't know where to go. God's telling you, just trust me and move forward. Don't turn around and go back. Please don't turn around and go back to that thing. Slavery is not happiness. It's not joy. It's not what God has for you. Go forward. For some people, it simply just means... At night, at 7 o'clock, just go lay in your bed and say, I, even though your mind's running a million miles an hour, your heart's beating out of your chest, just lay down and get still. Say, God, you've got this. I don't feel like you got it. My emotions are a wreck. But I'm going to lay here still and say, God, you go to work because I can't do it anymore. But I sure as I can go back to that. God's getting ready to do a divide the sea miracle in somebody's life in here I know it. He's gonna divide a sea he's gonna part he's gonna make a way for you that you didn't even you can't even fathom if you'll just trust him and believe in it he's gonna make a way where there's no way. He's still in the miracle working business. he's still in the business of saying if you just have some faith for the impossible if you just have some faith for something that doesn't even seem like Think about it. Think, just think of the Israelis standing in front of the water watching that happen. That's just unreal That, what happened there. And I can't imagine standing there watching that going, God still does this stuff in our life. We just don't see it in the natural like that, but he does part Cs. He does make ways. He does create avenues, roads, places to go. He creates ways where you're like, how did that even, how did that just happen? How, how did that just get from A to B? God made a way by his strong hand. He's still pulling people out of slavery. He's still doing it. He didn't, he didn't stop right there and be like, okay, my work's done. Got him out of there So. Next slide. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. See, the beauty of it is, if you could do it all on yourself, and your power and strength, you'd pat yourself on the back. Puff yourself up. But in this case, all God. That's what God wants to do sometimes in your life. He wants you to show up and say, listen, will you just get out of my way, step aside? Let me show you who I am. Let me show you who I am and what I'm capable of. Trust me. Stop trying to do it on your own. That burden, that thing. Remember, I'm the one that took that off you because you couldn't do it. That sea that needs parted, I'll do it. I'm just telling you to take a step forward. And why do we get through it all? Because the Lord says, I have gained honor for myself. That way, when this happens, you can point and say, people say, man, how'd you you get through that thing? How'd you? God did it. And I used to know you, how did you, you were all bound up in that, how did you get to this point? God did it. Well, you didn't have to, Bobo, God did it. That's all you have to say. Yeah, but didn't you have to, no, God did it. Yeah, but man, you were a mess, man, I saw you, you were bound, you were struggling, you were this, you were talking, man, you were talking about suicide, but. You want to come back and hang out, man? i got some good stuff this time. God did it. You're not even tempted? You don't want to? God did it. I'm a slave to righteousness. I'm a slave to what God wants. And the beauty of that is that the slavery to righteousness is actually freedom. Meditate on that for a little bit. Even such, you, like, you know, the law. We're, we're, we're free. We're we're free to live how God wants. Us to live. Whitney, do you want to play a little bit? As we wrap this up, please. You know, we all we we know the conclusion of that story is the Israelites walked right straight through on the dry ground mile who knows how high the sea was that they were walking through but fascinating they just walked right through went right to where God was taking them and then here to come the enemy chasing after him and God said Moses stretch your hand back out over the water and the enemy was gone I want to encourage people today that you can have that, you can be set free, and you can have that. It said, "You'll never see that again." That that's a that's a word out there for somebody, man. That's a word for somebody to latch onto and say, "Man, I what that enemy that's been pursuing me, chasing me, bringing all his cohorts with him, like because you you do. I talked about it, a while, but you you're a target. The enemy wants." to take you down. He wants you in bondage. He, he wants you to be a slave to him. And if, if you honestly can't tell me that you can't write a date down and stamp it on your hand or write it on your forehead that says, this is the day I I broke the bondage. This is the day this thing came off to me. Then you need to, you need to come up here and let's pray today. If you don't have that date, if you're like, I don't know if I ever really got free. I don't know if I've ever really snapped the chains off. I don't know if God, I don't know if God's ever pulled that thing off of me. I don't know. I, I mean, I still feel like I'm walking around like this. Then come on up here. Let's pray. Let's let's just pray over that word over you and and, and set you free, and then you can go home in your notebook or wherever you want to put it on your phone on, on a slip of paper. January, and what today is, 10th, January 10th, 2021. Boom, chains came off. I was set free. And then tomorrow, you have a feast. You have a meal that says, Lord, I thank you for what you did. So if that's you today, don't leave here without, let's pray together. If you've never even accepted, I mean, part of this is just, just a simple thing of, have you ever accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life? Have you ever really truly been saved? That's where this whole journey begins. Getting saved, Lord, come into my life. Holy Spirit, I need you to guide me, be that lamp for my path, light my, light to, or light my feet. Lamp, say it backwards. I feel like I said it back. Okay. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I need you because you can't do it alone, folks. You can't do it alone. And the good news is you have help. You have the best help available. So um, I'm going to wrap it up. Let Whitney play a little bit. Let me pray you guys out. Lord, we just thank you that <clears throat> you're still God. You're the same God that parted the Red Sea, the same God that pulled the Israelites out of Egypt. You're the same God that takes our burdens, takes our addictions, takes our yoke of slavery, takes the thing that binds us, take it off of us, Lord. Jesus, when you went to that cross and you went to the ground, you took it all. All those things you took. And when you rose up, we rose up with you to experience new life, freedom, and Lord, I pray that if there's anyone in here right now that has not experienced that, that, they will experience it right now. They will come forward. They will want to experience freedom, joy, peace, all the promises you offer, Lord. Lord, let someone's journey begin today. Let today be, begin the first day of the rest of their live, life. Lord, we just thank you for your provision, your protection for bringing us here today. Carry everyone home safe. Lord, we just take today and remember you for what you've done in our lives.